All right, ladies and gentlemen, I had said at the beginning of the week, and here we are sitting down today with the voice of the Halifax Mooseheads. It is Gareth McDonald. Gareth, how is the day treating you? The day is treating me pretty well. Pretty well. I've got a coffee. I'm, I'm looking forward to chatting with you. This is great. Yeah, amazing time right now. I want to ask right off the hop, my friend, what got you into wanting to be behind a mic and calling hockey games and just being a part of the hockey broadcast in whole? Yeah, uh, I think it's uh, like a like a lot of aspiring sportscasters. The uh, the professional career didn't work out. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but uh, you know, I, I think I I grew up around hockey. It's always been such a a big part of my life. You know, I think back to when I was a kid and. You know, it's some of the earliest memories I've got are, you know, watching Hockey Night in Canada with my dad. And, uh, yeah, I, I kind of joked right there at the beginning about the whole pro career. But I did realize pretty early on that, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to make the NHL. What uh, What is one way that I could potentially remain involved with the game? And, uh, you know, broadcasting seemed, seemed like a, a pretty... A pretty uh, okay idea. Uh, I knew it's you know it's it's a bit of a long shot. It's uh, it's a tough thing to, to get involved in, but um, yeah, I, I think I I, I was kind of told early on that I had a pretty good voice for public speaking. I felt comfortable doing stuff like that, and uh, and yeah, I think I think that's kind of where it started. It definitely started when I was pretty young. Now, obviously, being the voice of Halifax Moosehead, you filled in for someone who had been there for a long time. <clears throat> Pardon me for a sec. And now you're you're stepping in and doing a great job. What was it like the first season coming in after someone had been behind that mic for so long, such a familiar voice, and then adding your own flair, but also realizing you you still had to tell the story, still had to paint the picture for everyone uh, after taking over from someone who had done it for so long and people were so used to. I'm wondering what that was like for you. Yeah, it. Uh, I mean, they were definitely big shoes to fill. Uh, John John Moore did a great job. He was certainly very beloved, right? I mean, he's a guy that did it for for two decades, and I mean, he was the the voice of the Mooseheads. So, um, yeah, it's it definitely like I said, some some big shoes to fill. But uh, you, you know, you got to come in. You got to try to put your your own stamp on it, and. Definitely, that first season was. Uh, it was. There were some growing pains, I think, for myself. It's you know, I, I think that just getting getting used to not only the Mooseheads but just to the the league in general, and you know, getting to know the players, getting to know coaches. It's uh, you know, it's all a, a process and not something that happens overnight. So I think when you combine taking over for John and, and, and trying to learn learn the league, uh, I definitely felt quite a bit of pressure there that first year. Uh, so it, was, uh, it wasn't always easy. But, uh, yeah, it's just, you, you know, you, you go with the flow. And, uh, you know, I think that at, at this point I'm, I'm heading into my fourth season doing it. It's uh, definitely a much different story. I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with the role. I, I enjoy it a lot, but... Certainly, in the early going, there was a, a bit of pressure there taking over for John. I should say, John was fantastic. I, I've known uh, John for for quite a few years, and I've told this story a couple of times. But 
back when I worked at CTV, uh, one of the, the senior reporters there, a guy that I definitely looked up to, Rick Grant, um, we, we had a few conversations uh, about sports casting and what I, what I wanted to do eventually down the road. And he said, well, if you want to get into play-by-play, you want to you want to pursue something like that, a guy that you have to talk to is, is my buddy, John Moore. So uh, he actually put me in touch with Johnny. We sat down. We, we had a couple of coffees over the years, and uh, he, he was, uh, you know, always super generous with his time and uh, always made a lot of time for me so uh yeah i I certainly have a a lot of respect for for john moore as do as do most uh well as do all mooseheads fans here in in halifax so he was uh yeah he was fantastic uh fantastic mentor for me oh 100 i gotta ask you that the first season obviously you know everything's fresh everything's new everything's different and you're learning as you go as well um for you what was the biggest challenge, do you think, you know, year one, that now you look back on, you're like, all right, I got this. This is, you know, easy. I got it in the bag. But that year one, you're like, holy smokes, I didn't expect this or, you know, this is uh, something I got to really get a grasp on real quick. Uh, good question. Yeah, I, I I don't know if there's just, uh, yeah, let me see. I mean, I guess it's kind of like I said, you know, I think just getting getting used to the entire landscape of the league is it was definitely a big thing for me just you know getting to to know the players getting to know some of those teams uh, i think from you know a play-by-play standpoint i, I had been doing it for, for quite a few years at that yeah. point but but never never uh for a team that obviously for a team that drew quite the crowd that the mooseheads did a lot of the a lot of the teams that i that i had called games for um you know, unfortunately, didn't draw super well. And you know, I think of the, the Dow Tigers, who, uh, you know, the AUS hockey in Halifax, it's absolutely fantastic. It, it, I don't think it gets the love that it deserves. So, when you go in and you call a game, and and there's not a lot of fans there, uh, it's 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 different, right? I, th- I think that you know the the enthusiasm that you're able to uh, to express or uh, kind of uh, that builds in you off of the crowd, you know, that that's, that's something that's kind of lacking there. So I think that, you know, just learning to call games in, in front of a crowd and, and to use the, the, the uh, you know, the, the ambience in the ring to, um, to improve your broadcast, your overall <laughs> broadcast to, to, to feed off of that, that, that's, uh, that was something that, that I definitely had to, uh, had to adjust to and, and, and learn along the way. Now, you talk about the crowd and obviously, you know, how rambunctious it gets. Now, does that help you, obviously, with goal calls and everything like that? Do you feed off that energy? I mean, I've had Phil Hewlett on and a couple of other guys, Al Murdoch across the NHL, you know, and they say that energy just it, it gets into them, right? So it, it helps them pump it up. And then I've had a couple of people on who said, no, they kind of try to tune it out because they want to make sure they're dedicating themselves to what they're doing. So for you, Gareth, is, is it something that you feed into and that you uh, you chomp on as it goes? Yeah, I, I think so for sure. I, I, you know, I think when when you get when you hear that roar of the crowd, it's it's tough to to not feed off of it, right? I mean, in a way, it kind of it kind of consumes you. It's you know, it's like when you're at a big sporting event and uh, you, know, you get the the goosebumps before uh, you know before puck drop. You know, I've, I've gone to a few games at at the Bell Center. I've seen some playoff games there, and you know, the the, the atmosphere it's it's uh, it's electric and. That, that, that kind of reminds me that that, that atmosphere that was that, that felt uh, you know it kind of felt similar to what it was like at the, the Scotiabank Center for Memorial Cup 
um, back in 2019. And yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's, in a, it's an incredible experience, right? When you get to, you feel the energy of, of that kind of a crowd. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. And I think that's not just, you know, for broadcasters, anybody that's, that takes part in a, a game like that, any, any fan that's there, you know, you'll, you'll certainly pick that up right away. So yeah, it's tough, tough not to, uh, to let that, uh, let that kind of stuff can consume you and uh and it's hard not to feed off of it no for sure well you know getting to call the memorial cup obviously is huge and being a part of that with the halifax mooseheads and us hosting i mean that had to be a, a huge moment obviously for you um and i ask everybody this question for you gareth what is the biggest moment so far that you've gotten to be a part of it doesn't have to be with the mooseheads just in your career in general that you've gotten the call that you say you know what this right now is the pinnacle of what i've done and I uh, can't wait till the next bar. Obviously, ha- everybody has one. But right now, what's that crown jewel for you? Yeah, I mean, I, you got you to take it one game at a time, right? I try to make uh, – I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I think – Hockey cliche. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, you know what? I mean, I, for sure. My, the, probably the, the coolest moment that I ever had an opportunity to, to call would be Xavier Perron's uh, overtime goal. Uh, that sent uh, Halifax into the President Cup final back in 2019, uh, that game six against Rouen Naranda at the Scotiabank Center. Overtime goal. You know, we talked about that electricity, the, the crowd being unreal, and uh, just the roar of the crowd after that goal was was amazing. So I'd, I'd say, yeah, that, that goal, that Xavier Perron goal back in uh, April 2019 against Trombadville, that that at uh, at this point for me that was that was the coolest moment that I've had uh, that I've had a chance to go. Now there was talk about the uh, the the women's world hockey championship coming here. Obviously, COVID put breaks to that. Was there any discussions with you to call some of those games and be a part of that broadcast? Uh, no. I, well, that's a good question. Um, I guess no. Formally, no. Um, you know, I I do uh, as we. You and I have kind of talked about or alluded to before. I, I do have uh, a job with Hockey Nova Scotia, and uh, through that job, I have an opportunity to to work with to work with Hockey Canada and uh, you know develop develop some relationships with some folks there over the years. And uh, yeah, I, I think when that was when that was uh, all going on last spring, there there was like a little bit of talk about about what some of the webcasts might look like, and if uh, I, I may potentially uh, get involved with that, but. Um, no, at this point, no, nothing, nothing formal. Certainly, that would be a, a pretty cool opportunity if something like that did did arise. And in the past, I, I did call a few events for for Hockey Canada, some some events that they've done here uh, in Atlanta, Canada, like the Telescope back in 2016, and uh, the World Sledge Hockey Challenge that was down in Bridgewater a few years back as well. So, yeah, I mean, definitely, if something like that came up, that would be uh, that would that would be pretty pretty incredible for sure. No, 100% it would be, and I, we definitely would love to hear you do that. Um, I ask only because there's so many different things that are, you know, tabbed for coming out this way, and that was one of them. Um, another one that I would want to ask, you know, obviously everybody would like to throw their hat in the ring for the World Juniors. I know that we don't have one on our scope, but hopefully Halifax gets another one. I um, want to ask you, Gareth, what do you think about the World Juniors going on in Edmonton? And obviously, you know, a couple of Mooseheads players have been selected um, you know, do you think it's a good idea, given the climate, to have a, a bubble kind of tournament and everybody coming in, or do you think that the World Juniors should be parked for this year? Uh, 
you know, uh, no, I, I think for sure it's, uh, you know, this is, this is such a, a holiday staple for, for hockey fans and, Canada, especially. I mean, this tournament. This is this is Christmas for a lot of families, right? And yep. I think with uh, in the absence right now of the NHL, uh, I, I think that the numbers that uh, that this tournament could do will will be off the charts. So uh, I think you know they can follow the same protocols that we saw out in Edmonton with with the NHL bubble, and it certainly sounds like that's what they hope to do. Um, I think it's a fantastic idea, and it's. Uh, it's going to be incredible. Uh, the World Juniors has been, you know, one of my favorite uh, sporting events for, for quite some time. I can remember watching that tournament when, uh, you know, from the time I was probably five or six years old at Christmas. It's uh, it's one of those things that uh, has been a big part of my my holidays uh, for a lot of years. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And, yeah, I definitely think that it, uh, it should go ahead. And, uh, you know, I know that Hockey Canada, they'll do a – a fantastic job with uh, with the bubble, similar to what we saw from the NHL. Well, I look forward to this World Juniors, much like I did with the last one, where there was a lockout, and all of the players that were available got to play, and you look at some of the rosters that could shake out from this with some of the young players, and it's you know a little bit jaw-dropping who could be on the team, and that makes it even more exciting because you don't have the NHL to compete with. You don't have really anything else going on, so you're right, the numbers will be huge. And, you know, the players participating equally as such. Is there uh, anyone you're looking forward to seeing on a team, maybe with the juniors, that might be able to light it up a little bit? Well, I mean, I guess you kind of you kind of asked me there, and I, I, I missed that. Uh, I, I didn't mention him, but uh, certainly, you know, I'd, I'd love to see Justin Barron crack this lineup. Um, he's, you know... Captain of the Mooseheads, just such a such a, a, a great player, such a terrific skater. Um, he's a, a kid that I, I've been fortunate to know for, for quite a few years now. Uh, when my first season, he came in as a, as a 15 year old, but you know, talking to him, watching the way that he carried himself uh, around the team, I mean, you would have sworn that uh, that he was a 20 year old in his first season. Just uh, such a great player great young man and uh you know first round pick of the colorado avalanche you got to think that he's got a pretty good uh, opportunity to crack that roster and he's a, a player as well that has a pretty pretty good uh, reputation i think with hockey canada he's been involved with uh you know with the high performance there for for quite a few years now was a part of the world under 17 hockey challenge program and uh, was on that uh, holinka gretzky cup team a, a couple of years ago as well so I definitely like his chances to crack the lineup, and uh, he'd be a player for sure that I would love to see wear the Maple Leaf. No, you won't find any complaints with me on that one. I was beating the drum pretty hard going into the draft that I hope the Maple Leafs would use that 15th pick and pick him because I think he uh, can definitely help out a team on D. And I mean, Colorado, no slouch to go to with uh, you know another former Moosehead, Nathan McKinnon, leading the way over there. So he's definitely in good company, and obviously it looks like uh, – Joe Sackick likes his Halifax Moosehead boys too, so he's he's going to where you know I think he has a great chance. You look at Kale McCarr and other players on that team that can bring him along. The young guys there, so yeah, I, I look forward to it. Um, yeah, I mean they've they've got a yeah, and it's a, you look at that Colorado team right now with uh, just the the number of Nova Scotians in that program. It's unbelievable, right? Uh, I mean, you know, last year not just McKinnon, but you've got. Ryan Graves at a Yarmouth on the blue line. Yep. We've got uh, Matt Steinberg and Shane Bowers, uh, you know, coming up the pipeline there. It's uh, it's pretty exciting for sure. 
No, you won't be alone, that's for sure. A lot of maritime flavor on the Avalanche. And I, I look at the NHL and I look at that hopefully it's going to be coming back. Um, you know, Gareth, I just want to get your opinion before I ask you a question about the AUS. Is, you know, the NHL's got a lot of balls in the air what they want to do. In an ideal world, you know, Gareth McDonald, I want to ask you, what would you do with the NHL season? What would you set for a game limit and what would you do for the playoffs? Would you have it run through the summer or would you try to get it done in June? James, that is, uh, that's, that's beyond my pay grade, man. What, what are you doing? You're listen, putting me on the spot here. Listen, no, no, you just got to put the cap on for just, you know, put the Gary Bettman right. cap on for a second right. and say this is the, the Gareth Law right here. This is what we're doing, and hopefully it comes true. All right, I can do it. I'll do it. I'll do it just for you. All right. Okay? Now, don't tell All nobody. Right. Yeah, no, I won't. Um, no, I, I – well, I, look, I, I think when, when, you, uh, when you look at the situation, uh, you know, with, with – with the summer broadcast schedule and it looks like uh you know that well I, I suppose we'll have to wait to see what happens with the olympics but i mean if if, if nbc is supposed to be airing the summer olympics um you know come come july and in august uh, i i think that that will probably put a little bit of pressure on the nhl to to shorten the season and, and try to make sure that it's wrapped up a little bit earlier um you know maybe a, a little uh, a little bit similar or, you know, kind of following the same path that, uh, that we've seen in seasons past before, before this most recent uh, Stanley cup was handed out. So I, I think that, you know, a shortened season that, that gets you back to, to, to handing out the Stanley cup around, around the, you know, the, the middle of June, end of June, that's, that might be the, uh, that might be the, the way to go for, for the league. Um, I mean, I, I certainly enjoyed being able to watch, NHL games, uh, you know, from from one o'clock until uh, till after midnight here during the summer while I was working from home. But uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure if in the long run that that that's a, a completely sustainable <laughs> format to go. So uh, I I imagine that, that the league is is probably going to try to do what what Major League Baseball and, and what the NFL has done, and that's just you know fly fly uh, fly teams around that. But I, I think they'll they'll try to do it at least in, in some form of bubble that will that will keep keep teams to a particular region. So I think that the Canadian division idea for this season anyway that's that's a pretty good idea. Oh yeah, Keeps teams in Canada you don't need across the border. I think that that eliminates a, a lot of those problems because you know I think that that's something that regardless of what kind of pressure. Uh, Gary Bettman tries to tries to put on the government. I'm not, I'm not sure that that's uh, that that's going to pan out for him. So I think that Canadian uh, division idea is a pretty good one. I think that keeping teams in in their region playing, you know, kind of a, a division format like that that's that's probably the way to go. And shortening the season as well, um, probably not not a not a bad idea because I think by the time things start, if, if we're looking at in you know into January, uh, an 82 game season is uh, is definitely out of the question. So um, that's uh, that's probably a lot of rambling for you, and not saying nope. a whole lot. But uh, yeah, I, I think that whatever way you can organize your schedule, uh, arrange the schedule that, that will cut down on a bit of that travel, and um, uh, and you know have the have the cup handed out by the end of June. That's probably the way to go for the league. Listen, you set parameters is all you need to do. You didn't. You were non-committal, so you're very Gary Bettman-esque. You, you yeah. know, you want a shortened season because it's got to happen. 
And you also said the end of June, but you gave no dates and no timelines, which is a Gary Bettman answer in the fullest. So, Gareth Law, that's perfect right there. I'm a politician. What can I say, James? (laughs) Well, I want to ask you about the AUS. I said I was going to circle back to that. Now, I want to ask in your opinion, you look in the States and you look at how big the, the Frozen Four is and you look at all these other different things that they do with their hockey out there, obviously bigger programs, and I understand that. But what can we do to get AUS hockey to a bigger level, you're right. Like the fanfare is not there, and it should be. It's some great hockey, great players, and great games. And we do have the opportunity, you know, to probably do an outdoor game somewhere or a couple outdoor games, which would actually, I think, draw people in. But what do they need to do to make it a bigger draw? Do you think, Gareth? Uh, yeah, it's it's a, a good question as well, and I, I I think I should should have probably prefaced my comment. I'm not sure that I that I spelled it out earlier, but I do think outside of Halifax, I think that AUS hockey is pretty well embraced, especially across Nova Scotia. I mean, you look at, you look at, uh, Wolfville, you look at Antigonish and, you know, the support that they've got for Acadia and, and St. Avex. It's, uh, you know, it's pretty unbelievable. Um, th- those are, those are big ticket games in, in those communities. Uh, I, I do think, uh, you know, I, I, Obviously, uh, love the Mooseheads. I went to a lot of Mooseheads games uh, here in Halifax over the years, but before I did, before I did play-by-play. But uh, you know, the Mooseheads—they—they they are the main ticket. They're the main draw in, in Halifax, and um, I, I think that uh, in some ways, obviously, that that probably takes uh, takes away some fans, uh, takes away the interest of, of some fans here in in, in Halifax from from Dalhousie's program and, and from St. Mary's program. But yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know, an outdoor game that, that could definitely be, you know, pretty interesting. I think if you, I don't know, maybe you're looking at the common or something like that. Uh, that's not a bad plan. I, I like that idea. Um, uh, yeah, I'm all for, I'm all for outdoor games. Um, so I, I, I like that. Uh, I, you know, I, I think that, when we have when we have these teams, you know, you look down at St. Mary's, I guess, right now, now that they have their own rink. I'm assuming that that that's going to that's going to at least increase some of their attendance, where you make it a little bit easier for for kids from the school to get to those games, and uh, you know, you start bringing out big crowds, and that that's just uh, you know that, that's going to kind of do some word of mouth marketing for you as well. So I, I like uh, St. Mary's chances to, to grow their audience, to, to grow the game um, at, at their new rink. Um, as far as Dalhousie goes, I know there has been some talk about building, building a rink as well. Uh, right now at the form, it's, it doesn't seem to be a, a great venue to, to draw in crowds uh, for that. Um, yeah. Uh, Let's do an outdoor game. That 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 might be the answer, James. You may be onto something. You know, well, there was a talk of I don't know, if, I don't remember the guy's name, but he talked about the center of the uh, the Amara Oval being big enough to yeah. to house a rink, and he put the boards up. And I can only think, you know, how cool that would be, you know, to have people skating around that or whatever while a game's going on. You have the stands up, just bring the ambiance. You can start to see it. The snow is falling. Dow versus St. Mary's. You know, maybe New Year's Day before the NHL game goes on or whatever, you know, when everything's back to whatever the new normal is. Just imagine that. You go, you watch that game, then you go home, watch your, you know, New Year's NHL game outside. It's just, it brings you back to everything. And I think a lot of people will be in for that. And I think that would, that could create, you know, 
you know, um, my God, I can't even think of the word right now. It would create something to do every single year, a tradition. There you go. You know, you make that traditional outdoor game between the two teams, the two schools, builds a rivalry, has fun. You know, obviously other teams would be chomping at the bit to probably get to play in it or want to put one on in their town or whatever, you know, and then it just starts to draw and just gets people's eyeballs on it. And you're right, the Mooseheads are a big ticket and the Thunderbirds coming in, they're a ticket as well. People love to watch those guys go around as well. So, you know, there's a couple bigger tickets here, but... Man, that hockey's some darn good, man. And I, I just, I hate the fact that people don't get to see it all the time. And then when they do go see it, they're like, well, what have I, I've been missing this. You know, like when we had the lockout, a lot of people watched a lot of different hockey that, uh, you know, they wouldn't usually watch. And they're like, wow, the speed of the game is pretty damn good. These guys are fighting for pucks and they're going for battles and everything's, you know, up tempo, up pace, and you don't expect it. And you get there and you're like, wow, I'm missing this. You know, and it's right here in my backyard. Absolutely. I'm still thinking about that outdoor scene that you just drew for me. That is uh, that is picturesque. Ah, uh, man. Just I, I think about it all the time. I mean, for what I do, I, I work for, uh, you know, Praxair, so I deliver propane and, you know, cryogenic liquids. So I'm always down at the Oval, and I look at the Oval, man. I'm just, I think about it all the time. It's snow falling, the wind blowing the flags, you know, everybody out on the ice skating. Ah, oh, man, it would be beautiful. Beautiful. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Let's do it. Let's get some momentum behind it. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, okay, I'm gonna ask you. I wanna. Well, me and you could definitely. We'll we'll start making. We'll start. You know, bugging politicians. That's what you need to do. Start somewhere, right? Let's go. Um, I want to ask you. Obviously, for myself, this season I started doing a little play-by-play for the uh, the Junior B Cole Harbor Colts, and you know, it's fast-paced and it's learning on the fly. Something I've never done. I don't want to ask what a day in preparation is like for Gareth McDonald. I know you probably get your game sheets and different things, but what do you do to prepare for a game and get make sure you're ready for everything and ready for when you're on the air? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I think this year it's it's a little bit different, just with you know the COVID restrictions. It's it's kind of made things uh, a little bit a little bit more challenging, I think, to do some of that prep. I mean, in the in the past, um, I think that one of the one of the great parts about being the you know the the home team broadcaster or the Mooseheads broadcaster is just the the access that you have. Um, you know when it comes to chatting with uh, with Mooseheads players before a game, and I, I think that's you know having those conversations. That's a that's a big part about a uh, big part of the prep process. Um, this year it has looked a little different. I've, I've had to kind of switch up and and do some pregame interviews on Zoom. A lot of a lot of the interviews now I. I try to do the week off or, you know, the day before a game. So I'm probably after I chat with you, I'm going to try to try to do a few, uh, a few interviews here uh, today before, uh, before our games on Friday and Saturday night. So uh, that part looks a little bit different. Um, You know, I, as we said, I, you know, I do have, I do have a a full-time job as well. So that complicates the process a a bit, right? So my, my game day routine, a lot of the time I'm kind of, rushing over to the rink after I finish up uh, with some of my hockey Nova Scotia work. But I think that, yeah, throughout, throughout the week, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, I'm just trying to do as much, as much prep as I can. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, you want to, you want to be up to date on all the, the recent games and uh, recent trends, the, the most recent news from the league. Um, yeah. Just trying to, trying to keep tabs on that stuff. And, um, that's that's a process again. You don't just it doesn't just happen on on game day. It's uh, kind of a process throughout the week, uh, just collecting some of those notes and, and making mental notes as well. 
so I guess that's what the what the week looks like, and then and then once you get in there, uh, you know, home games will look a little bit different than than road games because we have uh, you know we have a uh, a pregame show for for those home games. So uh, again, that that uh, changes things up a bit. I, I do find that when it comes to some of this prep, I, I should have uh, road games. It's always a little bit easier because I'm usually stuck on the bus for a few hours. So uh, I'm. I've got. Uh, I don't really have to worry about uh, some of the work stuff, and and I don't have a, a couple of kids uh, screaming at me. So that <laughs> that that helps. It that helps as well when it comes to uh, that that aspect of prep. So uh, yeah, it uh, again, it kind of varies. So Homer away. Uh, I I just try I try to get my work done when I can. No, for sure. Well, last question I want to ask you about uh, game day prep. Um, for me, the the hardest part so far is getting the away jersey numbers and players down that's you know watching the play good with the the home side the home side's pretty easy um what is your trick for uh for making sure you line up the numbers with the players is there something you do throughout the week or is it just you know i guess refreshing yourself on the list all the time or what does gareth mcdonald do to make sure he's nailing the call every time well uh yeah i mean i guess when it comes one of the complications here uh with uh with the queue is there are, you know, a, there's a lot of French names. So one, one thing that, uh, that the league provides is a, a, a drop box that, you know, you can, you can typically click on it and, and you'll get a little, a little pronunciation guide. So there's, there's audio files of, of all of the names. So, uh, I, I like to listen to those before, before the game and, uh, and make sure that I'm, I'm pronouncing all of my names correctly. I guess that's the first thing. Uh, in terms of numbers and, and that sort of thing, I don't know. I got, it, it, it does come pretty fairly quick to me. Um, it's, I don't know. I, I, I've always found that when I was a kid, I used to read those, you know, the NHL yearbook and, and just going over the numbers, players, heights and weights. I, I seem to retain that stuff pretty well. It didn't, it didn't take, there's just stuff that I remember. And I, I wish there was, I wish I remembered more things, but but <laughs> numbers and uh, you know heights, weights, that stuff, it just seems to to stick pretty easily. I used to uh, when I was in school, I, I did used to bartend, and then I found you know somebody would come up. It, it's like another thing, you know, somebody would order a drink, and I, I would just remember that drink for the rest of the night, and and that 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 was just something that I retained. And I've always found that the numbers, I look at it once, I, I tend to retain it. Um, anyway, yeah, that's that's. Uh, uh, yeah, so it's. I, I guess it's just if you if you're having a tough time with it, you can just it's practice. It's it's reviewing it a few times. But um, yeah, I, I honestly I think it, at the end of the day, I think it does come down to to just seeing those players on the ice with with their number. And once you you say it a few times, it's going to stick with you. I think that's that's the best way to describe it. Uh, you know, the, the second time that that team is through, I'm assuming it's going to be a lot easier for you. Um, if that makes sense. No, it definitely uh, does. Yeah, yeah. Like I always find, like if I if I'm seeing a team, and, and this this happens a lot with with some of those Quebec teams. It's not going to happen this season, obviously. But uh, in the past, we only see those Quebec teams twice a season. Um, so usually, usually the first period or two, it uh, it can be a little bit challenging. Uh, but you know, by the time I get to the third. Uh, you know the, the names and the numbers they're they're starting to stick pretty well and that's uh, i guess one of the great parts about the setup this this year and and it, it is kind of something that we see year to year because the Mar- teams in the maritimes division they 
they do typically play each other eight eight or nine times so you see a lot of a lot of the same players and uh i think by that point the numbers they they stick with you pretty well so uh, we're seeing a lot of the maritime division teams this year um and uh, yeah it's it's uh, it's kind of the same thing so so the numbers uh, it's just it's a matter of just practice and uh getting your reps in i guess well definitely well last question i want to ask you and we'll wrap up here my friend the Halifax Mooseheads this season, a lot of people say, you know, kind of a rebuilding year. We have Justin Barron as the captain, um, a young guy named Bobby Orr. Got a little fanfare, obviously, because of the name and the way he wants it said. Um, for you, looking at this Halifax Mooseheads team, what are a couple players, other than the ones we just said there, that jump off the page to you and that people should know and people should focus on? Obviously, uh, you know, with not a lot of hockey going on, there will be people checking out the Mooseheads from time to time. A couple guys that you really like to put your finger on and say, these guys are going to be something. Yeah, it's it's overall. I mean, I think this big picture. You look at this Moosehead's roster, and I think that you know fans should be excited with everything they see because this is a, this is a team that I think that, that going forward is going to have a, a lot of success down the road. They've got a really strong core of, of sixteen and seventeen year old players, like just a, a fantastic young group, and this is. A, it's a group that's that's going to grow and uh, and develop together over the next couple of seasons. So I think that the future it's it's pretty bright here in in Moose Country. And uh, I mean this year in particular, though, if I was to to name just a, a few, I think that you, you got to start with uh, two of the players that came over in that trade with the Moncton Wildcats uh, that was completed back in June. I think you'll probably recall there were a lot of. Uh, probably upset fans uh, back last uh, back at around uh, Christmas last year when when Bo Grew and Jarrett McIsaac were, were traded to Moncton. Um, I think at the time we tried to caution that you can never really judge a, a junior league trade until the draft, and you know I think we saw that trade completed. Zach Larue and Elliot Denoyer came over from the Moncton Wildcats and. Uh, both guys have been just phenomenal for Halifax, uh, one, two in scoring right now on the team. And, uh, Zach LaRue is, he was a player that was drafted third overall by Moncton, um, at the 2019 Q league draft. He read lead led, uh, all players, all rookies uh, in scoring last year was, was pretty much a point per game player in, in 55 games. I think he had 53 points led all Q league rookies in points likely a guy that is uh, you know the, the NHL Central Scouting's uh, preliminary list of players to watch this this uh, season list just came out last week and he was listed as an A rated prospect so he's a guy that's likely to go in the first round come the the 20 2021 uh, NHL entry draft just uh, phenomenal talent great hands he's tough he's uh, he can hit doesn't mind fighting. He can score. Uh, just a, a real crafty player, and uh, he's got—I like to say—he's got a lot of swagger to his game as well. <laughs> uh, he's very confident out there, and just a, a lot of fun to watch. So he's a guy that uh, Moosehead's fans will want to watch. Uh, Elliot Denoyer as well. Just uh, a great 200-foot player, super high hockey IQ. Just a, a, a real smart player who. He was drafted by uh, Philly in the fifth round a, a few weeks back, and I think at the time there were there were some folks that were a little surprised to, to see him go that high. When you look at his point total from, from last year, he had just 35 points in Moncton, but uh, because of 
how deep that Moncton team was last season. He got buried a bit in the lineup, was uh, third and fourth uh, liner for uh, a lot of the season, found found himself in the bottom six, but uh, just a very dependable 200-foot player who's been having a real breakout season offensively. So, uh, yeah, those are those are two guys right there. And then uh, just some of the kids. I mean, the, you look at the, the first four players that the Moose took in the, in the, the most recent Q-League draft, Marcus Vitacek, uh, Jordan Dumay, Jake Furlong, and James Swan. All four of those guys have been competing like veterans. Uh, you know, they look like they've been in the in the league for a couple of seasons already. So uh, they're just, you know, a, a few uh, of those young players, just a small part of this young core that's uh, going to be a whole lot of fun to watch, I think, here in Halifax over the next few seasons. Well, it sounds like the uh, the Halifax Mooses have a pretty bright future and cannot wait to see these guys blossom and Obviously, we want the Moose back in whatever form of Memorial Cup celebrations happen. Uh, you know, winning that President's Trophy and going on. Uh, may not be this season, but obviously we cannot wait for them to get back there. And Gareth, we cannot wait to hear you do the call, my friend. Thank you for taking the time today. Hey, thanks for having me, James. This was a lot of fun. Not a worry, sir. Well, you have yourself a great day, and we'll talk soon. All right, you take care.